Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are checking in tonight on quite a few things. We've got a, a fun slate of subjects, including standings updates from around the NHL. And we're also going to talk about, you know, what the Jets should do now that, quite honestly, they are basically in seller mode. Who do we want to see evaluated among the prospects? Which players might be on the trading block? Some of this we've covered in previous episodes, but we'll talk a little bit more about the longer-term implications of what some of these moves might mean, and who could fill the gaps in between. All this and more coming up on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, welcome to tonight's show. We are uh, obviously reeling off the back of a pretty frustrating loss for Winnipeg. It was not a great night in Philadelphia yesterday, which I, I think most folks are well aware of by now. If you saw the game, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I wish you had a better way to spend a couple of hours, but let's be honest. The Jets, it's a bit inconsistent. After such a good road effort on the past Sunday against the Blues, the Jets dropped a real stinker in Philadelphia. And now they have a couple of games off until uh, basically February 8th, which is, I think, roughly when like the real heart of the gold medal rounds of the Olympics begin to kick into high gear. But uh, in between then, you know, there's probably going to be some stuff happening around the team. They made a bunch of roster moves by sending some guys down to the moose. And obviously, um, you know, the Jets, they've got some stuff to sort out before their next game. So I I think it's going to be interesting to watch if the team does anything drastic over the next week or so. This is the time that the Jets have to maybe make a change somewhere. I don't know what kind of change, but maybe they start trading some guys earlier and maybe make some roster moves in advance of the trade deadline. Of course, the Jets are only one team out there, and the entire NHL is very much in a a pretty active pattern right now. We're going to check in on these standings in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. We'll also be joining YouTube in the very near future, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the Locked On Jets video content your eyeballs can handle. It's been a bit since we've last looked at these standings, and honestly, it's probably good if you're a Winnipeg fan and you don't want to see what the West looks like, because right now, the Jets are, uh, they are in pretty dire straits, if you can believe it. I know they've got three games in hand on the Blackhawks, but they're only four points ahead of Chicago in the standings. That's, um, yeah, that's... (laughs) That's a little bit worrying, I gotta be honest. We're gonna check out our Eastern Conference brethren first, though. This conference continues to be super stacked. I mean, I I feel like the the, the Stanley Cup champion, whoever it is at the end of the year, it's gonna be coming out of either the Metro or the Atlantic. And I would very much favor um, a couple of teams here. So in the Metropolitan Division, we've got Carolina, then New York, then Pittsburgh, um, and then the Caps in fourth. After that, the, uh, the, the points differentials drop off considerably. It's basically, you know, five points between the first and fourth places, and then 18 points between fourth and fifth. So Columbus, the Islanders, Philadelphia, New Jersey, all of those squads, they're looking longer term at the future, maybe swapping some guys out at the trade deadline, selling some dead weight, and trying to get back on track for all of the draft stuff that's going to happen. 
Now, Carolina of this group is probably very much at the top. I, I don't really feel that this team has all that many weaknesses. I still regard the Rangers very suspiciously. I feel like this team, I feel so much of it is driven by goaltending success and also some really nice scoring streaks from some of their very talented players. But overall, the way that they play, it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? You know, they've got a 30, 13, and 4 record, but it's hard to know just how good this team really is. If Igor Shesterkin starts to become even remotely average, you know, what does this team's record look like after that? I don't know. I mean, he's putting on an unbelievable season. He might be a heart favorite, to be honest. Nick Mercadante on Twitter was making that note earlier, which, you know, if you're a Hellebuck fan, you've had similar arguments. The Rangers are probably just like the Bizarro Jets of the past few years. Shishterkin might be putting up an even better performance than Hellebuck has in even some of his top seasons, but, I mean, yeah, strange team, to be honest. The Pittsburgh Penguins, also still very good. They're not quite as consistent as they usually are, but given the injuries, the changes and rotations on their power plays, the constant chaos with COVID and stuff, I still think that they're doing an amazing job given all of the circumstances. Again, the Pens have always been one of those teams that are perennial playoff appearers, but the reality is they're there for a reason and they legitimately earn each season that they make the playoffs. This squad has has made things happen out of almost nothing. I mean, you could probably give Mike Sullivan like cardboard cutout players and he'd still make this team look pretty decent. Now, the, the squad that I have the most questions about is Washington. I don't know what to make of the Caps. This season has been very up and down for them. I think that they're still pretty good, but, you know, their playoff performance with how LaViolette's been coaching and some of the roster decisions, the injuries that they've sustained, and the inconsistent performances over the past several months, I don't know. They're a good team, like a, a definite playoff squad, but, you know, the goaltending is pretty average at best. Um, their depth players are okay, but sometimes they get elevated to major roles that don't really make sense. Again, if you're a Jets fan, you've, you've seen this happen before plenty of times under Maurice and other coaches. Yeah, I, I just don't entirely know what to make of Washington yet. I, I think that they're a strong wildcard contender and certainly a team that if you get them on the right run and they start heating up with Ovechkin continuing to do what he does and Kuznetsov maybe taking over a playoff run, that's a squad that can do some serious, serious damage in the first few rounds. But honestly, you get out of like the first round or two, and I think Washington is going to really struggle. And part of that is because as, as stacked as the Metro is, and it is really stacked, there is a team out in another part of the Eastern Conference that quite honestly has just been dominating everyone. This team is so unbelievably good that they have a plus 55 goal differential and they've scored 194 goals so far, which is among the highest scoring teams in the entire league. We'll talk about what team this is and which division this is and why this group could be a very difficult one for the Metro to contend with in just a little bit. Before we get too ahead of ourselves, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one destination for all of your online betting needs, especially during these wonderful NFL playoffs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. 
from player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so you have no excuse not to drop them a cheeky little follow. We are continuing trolling around the NHL, looking at standings updates and getting a sense of what the playoff picture is looking like. You know, the Eastern Conference is definitely the one that is uh, between the East and the West, the, the more, I would say, defined of the two conferences. This one, you can basically tell who's going to make it, who's probably on the borderline and, and not really in contention. And then you've got everyone else that's just so far off the pace, it doesn't really matter. Out of the Atlantic Division, this is where I think you've got maybe the best overall team. We've talked about them before, and that is, of course, the Florida Panthers. Now, the Panthers, they have an amazingly well-balanced roster. They've got pretty darn good goaltending, and they have an unbelievably potent offense. The challenge for them is that because they have such a good team, I think the expectations are so high, and if they somehow run into a really hot goalie in the first or second round, you know, I'm curious to know how they would react. I I think that their current management team seems to understand that staying the course is probably the best option here because, you know, I I think that they're set up for the long term to be a really strong roster, but I'm curious to know what they do with the trade deadline. I don't know what else they would really need. They're blitzing opponents with like five or six goals for every game. Um, They've had one of the highest goal differentials across the entire league. The defense is probably a little bit more average, but given the strong goaltending and just how potent that offense is, I don't really think it matters. I think you can definitely get away with that. We've seen the Pens have a much worse defense and still be pretty darn good. Now, intriguingly behind them are the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Tampa Bay had a rougher start to the season, but has since been like 30, 10, and 6. I think this team is one of those squads that a lot of people maybe wrote off a little bit earlier and haven't really been following as much recently. I know I haven't. Um... And the record is actually a good deal better than I thought it was. So they look like they're going to be an absolute pain to deal with in the postseason. Andre Vasilevsky continues to be, you know, one of the top goalies in the league. Their offense is still fantastic, despite some of the losses to Seattle and other teams over the past couple of uh, the last couple of seasons. And I don't know. I mean, this this roster just every year continues to find ways to turn it on when it comes to the postseason. Behind them is another interesting team. And this squad has four or five games in hand on the first two teams. This is the Maple Leafs. And Toronto has always been a bit of a laughing stock when it comes to um, Canadian hockey because, you know, they just constantly disappoint and stuff. But honestly, this Leafs team looks for real. I think that they have the potential to be an absolutely pain in the butt to deal with in the first couple of rounds. I don't know if they will advance that far. They've really struggled with that over the past couple of years, but... I don't know. This is not a team that I would feel comfortable counting out. They've they've proven that they can win from behind. They've got great goaltending. They've got a really well-balanced offense. Their defense is doing the work and, and doing a pretty decent job. Yeah, I mean, Toronto is just a great, great team and maybe one of the squads out there that can actually challenge at Tampa Bay or a, a Florida Panthers. After that, it's Boston, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Montreal. 
Um, I don't think any of these teams are all that dangerous other than maybe Boston, but the Bruins are, are definitely aging. They're struggling to create offensive opportunities and score on them. So, yeah, I, I think Boston has kind of run past its prime. Again, another wild card kind of team, but probably not a lot beyond that. Where it gets a little bit less difficult to figure out is if you go out west, it's a pretty clear stratification in the Central Division. You've got Colorado, Nashville, and then one of Minnesota or St. Louis. Everyone else is just not that great. Um, Colorado has, you know, basically pulled a Florida Panthers and is ripping teams apart. Not super shocking. They might have improved their their goaltending even a bit more over Grubauer. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the Avs every year, they have a amazing power play, excellent 5v5 offense. The only thing that they have to worry about is their in-zone defense if they if they start getting a, a really difficult cycle against them. That's the one thing that has been their issue, and it's why teams like uh, the Golden Knights have really given them fits. So I'm curious to know if they can actually break that this year, because it's one of the main things holding them back. Aside from that, the Preds are, are decent. I don't think they're that great, though. I think their record's probably a little bit better than it should be. They're, you know, like a solid wildcard team. Minnesota, uh, you know, they've got plenty of games in hand on the top of the division. They've only played 40 so far from all of the postponements, so hard to say where they'll finish, but they look like another really solid team, well-balanced, good offense, really strong defense, um, pretty okay goaltending from Cam Talbot, not bad at all. The Blues, all right, another med- mediocre-ish team, relatively speaking, but still very good in comparison to most of the rest of the division. Uh, you know, after that, you've got like the Stars, the Jets, Chicago. I mean, these aren't really all that great when you're looking at the top of the division. And then out in the Pacific, it's a little bit more chaotic. You've got Vegas, Anaheim, LA, and then Calgary. Calgary is probably the team I'm keeping the eye on the most. If they make uh, they make the postseason in like a wild card spot, they're going to be a very frustrating team to play for anyone who has to deal with that defense. They've got a really physical forecheck. They've got great, well-balanced um, blue liners and, and really... That Tanev-Shillington partnership has been much better than I think a lot of people expected. The goaltending, you know, has, has seemingly been pretty darn good with Markstrom in net, which, you know, you expected. I mean, this team, they're not going to score a ton at even strength and really on the power play, but thanks to a really good back end and Daryl Sutter's emphasis on limiting chances against, they have one of the... Uh, one of the more well-balanced goal differentials out there. It's kind of like Barry Trotz hockey. You know, you you ground and pound, you shut down the slot, you limit chances against, and maybe you score a couple of goals here and there, but you're not really looking for um, a really offensive powerhouse like maybe the Florida Panthers. So uh, a really difficult team. It seems like they're on the, the up and up, and, and certainly they could be a pest for a round or two. Vegas, you know, is doing Vegas, I guess. I don't even know what their team is like this year. They had a really poor start with a very bad defense at the start of the year. Don't know if that's really improved, but, you know, their offense is still great. I just don't think that they're one of those teams that I'm particularly concerned about. You know, it all kind of comes back to, like, you know, Colorado, um, maybe the Ducks if they end up surprising. Calgary, I think, is well-built for the postseason. But beyond that, you know, the rest of the West is just not that impressive. I really do think the Cup is going to run through the East, and I'm going to stick to that for now. We'll see what ends up panning out in just a couple of months. Obviously, we are getting closer to the trade deadline and to the playoffs ultimately. But for teams like the Jets, you know, this is not going to be a fun time. And I kind of want to talk about what exactly I expect to transpire, who I would like to see step up in terms of prospects that I want to have evaluated, and ultimately what the Jets should really be thinking about for the long-term future. 
Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why rockauto.com should be your number one choice for all of your automotive part replacement needs. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are closing out tonight's episode with uh, thoughts on who I want the Jets to evaluate, what I want them to do going forward, and ultimately, you know what the next few weeks are going to be like. This has been a tumultuous period, and I would imagine that changes are on the way for the Jets because things just ain't good enough. I mean, if you lose to the Flyers and you've only won one of your like last eight games, it doesn't matter if you get loser points. It's just not enough. I mean, Winnipeg is so far out of a playoff spot that, well, they're basically in the, uh, I would say, the bottom quarter of the league, so it's not great, right? Um, and, and things don't really look to be improving anytime soon. They're about to have a really busy schedule, and honestly, I, I just don't know where they go from here. So, if they start selling off, I would I would definitely expect a few forwards to depart. Um, and in their wake, I would think guys like Christian Reichel, maybe David Gustafson, if he can get healthy. You know, I would expect those players to maybe start filling in. I liked Reichel's game. I thought he was all right. As far as, like, Pagansky is concerned, I think he's been fine, but I would probably um, look for him more in, like, a fourth-line role. I feel like that suits him better because he works hard and he does uh, do some defensive stuff, especially enforcing turnovers and using some physicality. But offensively, I don't think his game has quite enough jump for, you know, middle six minutes. In a fourth-line role, I think he'd be fine. Uh, If you bring in Christian Reichel, I think Reichel could be a solid skill-based third-line upgrade. I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference, but maybe it does. Um, Zvechnikov definitely needs to draw back in, though. I don't know why the team isn't really using him, especially if he's healthy. If he's not and he's injured, that's one thing, but it doesn't really seem to be that way. So, I don't know. That's a weird situation. We'll keep an eye on it. Hopefully, Svechnikov can really find a place. If they trade him, I I would kind of be disappointed because I feel like they're not really making the most of him yet. Uh, On the D side of things, you know, you could ship out Dylan, maybe see if Schmidt should be moved to a different squad. Uh, I would also look at, uh, of course, Bowie could probably be traded for something. I don't know what exactly, but an asset of some kind. And then, you know, give Heinola, Sandberg, maybe Kovacevic, give him the run of the team ultimately because... These guys are probably going to make up Winnipeg's future decor at some point. Kovacevic, maybe not so much, but I think he's been competent enough to trust with at least a few minutes. You know, the D hasn't been great, I'll be honest. The kids are struggling, and it's not super shocking, but I don't know if it's on the players so much as it is the bad systems and uh, the team's overall underperformance. I feel like the lack of organization and stuff is kind of killing a lot of what makes their skill sets particularly useful for the Jets. Now, it doesn't excuse everything. I think that the, the players themselves also just need to be better. 
but it's kind of hard to get mad at all of these younger players when the team itself is really struggling and the directions that they're being given might not be the most appropriate. The Jets also need to give Comrie more starts, bottom line. It doesn't matter if they're winning or losing, they just need to give him some time because Hellebuck can't keep playing constantly. As good as Connor has been at times, I, I just think Comrie deserves more starts. I mean, he's proven that he can be a competent number two. I think he's shown that he's got some stuff in the tank. And, you know, the the Jets need to give Hellebuck at least a few nights off. So, I, I think this period has a good chance for the Jets to really evaluate their talent. But, organizationally speaking, do I think they will? I don't know. It's a weird situation. The Jets haven't really been great at doing this before. Um... And it's frustrating, it really is, because we keep ending up in the same spots every year. I've kind of given up on getting upset about it, so if I like get emotional or start ranting on a podcast, it's just because I'm irritated watching this team do what it does um, on like a given night. Not so much that I've, I've really let it try to get to me as a fan over the entire season. I've just found nowadays that having lower expectations is more favorable to not being super upset when the Jets keep doing this kind of stuff, but at some point... It would be really nice if Winnipeg could start winning again and show us that this team is more than what we're seeing right now. I, I believe it can be. I just don't know when we're going to see it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how the season is going and what you would do and who you would evaluate. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. That is going to be all the time that we have. And, you know, on tomorrow's episode, we'll probably talk about some top trade deadline candidates who from the Jets might be really appealing. That's not quite... Um, expiring yet, but maybe should be uh, considered as part of a trade deal anyways. And then any other bits and bobs of news that pops up, we'll have Olympics coverage coming up pretty soon. Locked on NHL right now is already doing some really great coverage, uh, both of women's and men's hockey. So be sure to check them out as well. As always, really appreciate you making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your one-stop shop for all of your online betting needs. Hosted by your boy Q with Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Locked on Bets. You can check them out on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, and subscribing is always free. As always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!